I'm Gabe Fall, and I like to talk to my friends about video games. Today, I am sitting down with Dylan Pomeroy. He is a video game player. He's a big fan of video games and esports. He also works as a marketing coordinator for the Minnesota Rucker. Dylan, take a seat. I've got an extra gamepad for you. <laughs> happy to be here, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm. I'm really, really, really happy you decided to come on again. I can't. I can't express how happy I am to have you here. Um, I gotta so, ask you first. I gotta ask you first. Yeah. What's, so tell me about extra gamepad. Like, where where did you come up with the name? I uh, I was intrigued by that right when you asked me. That's okay. That's good. Nobody's asked me about that yet. So I'm really <laughs> glad you asked me. Um, so extra gamepad came from basically me just kind of frantically searching Twitter and YouTube and uh, podcast services to try to find a name that hadn't been picked yet. Um, it very was savvy. very savvy move. Yeah, I wanted to, I really wanted to start a show where it was just kind of one-on-one interviews. I mean, just like I said in the intro there, just one-on-one interviews with my friends and people I know and people in the industry and just generally people who like games. Like, I wanted to talk to them about video games and, like, get to know them better on a personal level. Um, as far as, like, gaming, as far as it's related to gaming and kind of their history of video games and, um, that's awesome. So I like the name. The name is catchy. I'm a, I'm a big fan of the name. Yeah, I was looking for a lot of other ones. I was looking through a lot of other ones, but they were all taken. <laughs> uh, spare Spare Controller was the one that I thought, like, that's really cool. I could go with that. And it was like, of course, it's taken. Couch Co-op is taken. Uh, multiplayer is taken. You know, all well, those. extra gamepad fits, and it's already it's already being branded well. So it's uh, I approve of it. I'm in, I'm all in on it. That's perfect. That, that means a lot coming from somebody who like works in marketing. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I really, I really, really appreciate it. Um, I don't know if you've seen my the Twitter account for this handle yet, but um, you can you can follow us listeners yeah, at Extra Gamepad on Twitter or Extra Gamepad on Instagram as well. Uh, but my photo for the for my profile picture on Twitter is just. I went out and there's this guy that was giving away these Mad Cats controllers for the original Xbox. I was like, yeah, I'll take those. This is, uh, yeah, I I love it. Yeah, I love it. (laughs) It's a piece of work. Uh, Because I was just like, what I wanted to be is just like, you know, that, you know, when you were growing up and you had that extra controller that nobody really wanted to use. Yeah, it brings me back. It's Mad Cats. Cats. I remember I had one, like the one on the left of your banner photo, like the, yeah. uh, the house there, the brick house of, yes, uh, yes. <laughs> of a controller. And then I had the Mad Cats that was, um, it was like super tiny. It was, it was bizarre. It was almost like a miniature normal Xbox controller. And I actually kind of liked it. Um, for sure. It, I don't know what it was, but that's funny, man. That's a really good, uh, it's a good bit. I like those, <laughs> the classic Xbox controllers. That brings me back. That's, uh, those are good memories on those, those sticks. I, w- I will say that. Yeah, yeah. So you played the original Xbox quite a bit. I did. My my uncle, uh, so my dad's side, my dad's brother, um, he got a job at Microsoft very, very early on. Um, oh, okay. So he was always this cool, you know, techie uncle, and obviously right when the first generation Xboxes came out, he got one in our hands immediately. So um, first gen Xbox holds a very near and dear spot in my heart. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I imagine then, well, first of all, I've got a comment on your uncle working at Microsoft. 
and your uncle actually working at Microsoft. Was that like a big moment for you then to say like, you know, kids always would always say like, my uncle worked at, N- yeah, yeah. Worked at Nintendo. <laughs> I would say it all the time. <laughs> Not even kidding. Not even kidding. But the way I could back it up was every year at Christmas, like, you could just tell which presents were from him. They were the perfectly wrapped, you know, it looked like a video game. It looked like an Xbox. Like, yeah. it was so cool. But, yeah, we could back it up with all the uh, Microsoft gear we had. But, oh, yeah, I dropped the, yeah, he might know Bill Gates all all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you never That's know. Awesome. That's awesome. He probably did. He probably read it. That's a pretty small campus of a Redmond, I'm sure. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> That's incredible. Um so playing on the original Xbox, what were some of your favorite games? Man, well, I mean, ironically, the first couple that came to mind as soon as I figured you were going to ask that, as soon as I mentioned the OG Xbox. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think back to, um, I can't even remember the name of it. It was like a demo game, um, but you would run around in, it was like Fusion Frenzy? Frenzy, does that ring a bell? Yeah, Fusion Frenzy. Yeah. Fusion Frenzy, I think, was what it was called. It had like a bunch of mini games. And yeah. I remember my little brother and I used to just mess around that for absolute hours on end. I don't know why that just came to my mind. I haven't thought about that in forever. But uh, <laughs> I picture that original OG Xbox screen, like, dashboard. Um, and I remember Fusion Frenzy. And then, of course, uh, we were the cool kids. We had Halo. So playing Halo OG, was uh, that was what it was all about as a, as a kid. <laughs> for sure. Were you um, on Xbox at all? Were you on... Halo? I, I actually didn't own an original Xbox. I owned a PS2 at the time, uh, and I couldn't convince my parents to get me another console. So <laughs> PS1, uh, so Spyro and Crash Bandicoot and, and those days, but we weren't PS2, but I did like Twisted Metal. Twisted Metal was my, my jam yeah, for PS2. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that game ruled. That game. I always say that as my game I would like to... Um, What's that called? Like a reboot. A Twisted Metal Black reboot would uh, be unbelievable this day and age. Yeah, it's it's weird that there aren't a lot of car combat games around now. Those just kind of those like disappeared when like the Xbox 360 and the PS3 came out, and we never saw any car combat games <laughs> after that. It's an interesting point. I had never thought of that. They are now there are zero games I can picture at the moment. Yeah, the closest I could think of is like a weird like. Open world one like Forza Horizon, but even then, like you can't, you can sure you can crash into stuff, but it's not fun. Yeah. Right. <laughs> what were your other PS2, like your original games? Oh, so Crash Bandicoot was a big one because that one we had gotten with the PlayStation One. Uh, my dad saw the PlayStation One at my cousin's house, <laughs> and then thought, okay, we need this in our house. And it was his kind of first foray into like 3D gaming. And watching Crash Bandicoot, he was just kind of amazed by it. So uh, he bought us a PS1 for Christmas one year, and it was we had Crash Bandicoot, uh, Tiger Woods PGA Tour, and nice. Madden '96. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Madden I have Madden on there. Yep. God, uh, playing that. I remember playing like I'm not into sports games now, which is weird because like. I was super into sports games when I was growing up, like Madden, uh, NCAA football, NCAA basketball was like my absolute favorite game. Mm-hmm. 
it kind of bums me out that they don't do. I mean, I understand it. I get why they don't do the NCAA games right. anymore. But like, <laughs> right. man, it's, those games are fun. <laughs> it's funny you say it. I think it's probably because I was the exact same way. Um, and I always will. I'll talk about my little brother all the time. He's two years younger than me. His name's Cameron. We grew up playing games all the time. Uh, you know, sitting in the car on road trips, playing Pokemon, like. Playing with yeah. each other on the one console, we—he is the example of the extra game pad. So that's why I probably appreciate <laughs> the game so much. Uh, yeah. Name, but um, no, to your point, we played a lot of sports games, and I think that they're so repetitive year to year that that's even becoming the running joke. Um, you know, with Absolutely. Madden specifically in FIFA, that maybe that's what happened is we just we got the bit, we understood what was going on, and we're like, okay, maybe there's other open world games or whatever's next. Uh, that maybe are a little more exciting or different or new, fresh, that type of thing. For sure. I, th- I think it absolutely that absolutely is the case. I mean, I go back to my parents' house now, and I open up the game drawer. Because it's still, like, the PS2 is still set up in my parents' house. <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> and the Wii and, like, all that kind of stuff. And, like, it's still used as a DVD player, which is insane to me. <laughs> that is, it's, but it's honestly... If it kind of is par for the course. Like, that's pretty archaic. So if we're talking DVDs and using it as a DVD player, that's about as nice of a DVD player you can have for that time frame. <laughs> I mean, for sure, right? Because like, DVDs didn't really advance until you got to Blu-ray. So, like, <laughs> any DVD from that space of, like, 20 years is going to work in that thing. So, um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's still set up in my parents' house, and I'll open up the drawer, and it's just... Madden, 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 NBA, 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 like years of these. And I just, I look back at it and I'm like, did I really spend 50 or $60 on a new Madden game every single year? Like, was that my birthday money every year? <laughs> well, and uh, yeah, probably you, you, you joked about it, but has, you know, my, my, my brain stays marketing sometimes. And as a marketer, is there anything more ironic and beautiful at the same time as repeating the same title, not changing the cover, branding it in such a way that athletes either strive to be on it or you joke about the injury curse that people want to break. Right. It's fascinating, man. It's just a game that repeatedly sells. And, you know, in contrast with something like Call of Duty that changes the title year after year and even has different producers and game developers, like Madden was like, NCAA, FIFA, they're all like, eh, we like the color, we like the we like the look, we're going to stick yeah. with it. It's, it's fascinating. Yeah. It's it's really amazing in how they've been uh, – well, I mean, they continue to be successful, and I guess, like, because the NFL is so successful, it's how Madden's so successful, and because FIFA as an organization is so successful, and that's why, you know, their soccer game, their soccer video game is so successful. Right. Um, but it's – yeah, it's just crazy how they can just rely <laughs> on the marketing of, you know, the NFL itself or FIFA itself just to continue things. Perpetually. Um, Perpetually. Yeah. Yeah, and it's crazy how EA has dominated. Well, I think EA does hold the license to FIFA and the NFL, I know for sure. Yep. Um, And I know with the NBA, now EA has kind of gotten out of that. They haven't released an NBA Live in a while. No, it's all 2K. Yeah, and I don't know if there's ever been any rumblings of that returning, but it seems like there's such a disparity between the 2K side of things and the EA side of things that, you know, even like 2K side of things for football and like you just said, the the streaming rights, or the, excuse me, the the naming and broadcasting rights for their game, it seems a little far-fetched right now to think that, you know, you said NCAA, like I wonder if that would ever be able to come back. Um, I know they've been rumblings about that too even, but who knows yeah. how that licensing would work out. 
Right. Again, it, it was just with the NCAA games, some of my favorite things were just hearing the fight songs over right. and over oh, again. That's so true. Yeah, I forgot about that. And like just to hear the drum line, like when even just when you're in the menus or when you're actually playing the game and it goes on a break and you're picking your plays and you hear the drum line or you hear the fight song going, and it's just like this is awesome because college football and college basketball is one of my favorite sports to watch. Um, I, I absolutely love it, and it's just like it's incredible to to be able to play that way or to feel like you're playing that way. It made me a huge USC fan at the time, like Reggie Bush era, 06, yeah. 05. Like, yeah. And to your point, it, it made me a bigger fan because I knew the difference between their fight song and their touchdown song, which were two yes. very different things. And I, that's, you know, that's very, uh, that's interesting you said that because uh, it definitely made me a fan, which is kind of deeper than, you know, I would have never been like USC, I'm going to be the fan of them. But because of the game, I decided to be fans of the USC Trojans for some reason. I was like a hardcore, <laughs> knew everything about the roster fan. I could tell you almost anything about USC from that era, which is just bizarre. Well, and they, they just dominated, especially like those years, 05, 06, 07, they just dominated. Yep. Um, my brother, who was always like a super hardcore Notre Dame fan, even in that game would never play Notre Dame because they weren't very good in those years. <laughs> he'd, he'd always play USC. That's awesome. Um, yeah, yeah, my brother was, was a Texas fan because of it. It was, yep, it was just how it went, par for the course. Yeah. Are you still a USC fan today? I I mean, I I would have loved to have gone there for school. I always look back on that as, oh, like, well, I, I mean, wish I would have tried harder to go there. <laughs> <laughs> or I don't even know if it's try harder. I wish I would have had a bunch of money so I could go there. That's, um, yeah, that's maybe a bit better. <laughs> <laughs> Leave that way more. <laughs> but, no, I, I definitely keep up with them. I still love the colors. I love the history there. Um my my dad is a civil engineer. He's a landscape architect. And so okay. through some sort of connection, we got to go to that USC-Texas Rose Bowl. Um, no way! Yeah, back in the day. So <laughs> randomly in my, like, you know, I was like a 14-year-old, but that's one uh, funny claim. And, and I always think about, ironically, NCAA, and that was a big promo at the Rose Bowl where we were, where the game was, um, was NCAA had a bunch of activations there for you to play as, you know, USC and Reggie Bush and Matt Leinart against Vince Young and Lundell White and all, or excuse me, and uh, um, Cedric Benson and all these guys. So kind of a, a flip there. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Selman Young, Selman Young. Not Cedric Benson, right? Maybe not. I don't, I don't know. I'm sorry. I don't know <laughs> Texas football well enough. <laughs> NCAA was only numbers, so you didn't even know, you didn't even get to know their names. It was just numbers on the back of their jerseys. Right, right. The only way you knew the names was in like was when the commentators were saying it, or just you could like hand put it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's true. That's funny, man. I haven't thought about NCAA in forever. That's cool. It's fun to think about those games sometimes. That's awesome. I don't know. And you brought up another franchise, um, Call of Duty, that is that kind of annualized thing. Um, or it's the same thing every year. I do find it, and again, I know you work for an organization within the Call of Duty League, so we won't necessarily touch on this too much, but I, I really like how Call of Duty does annualize things, and having the three different studios work on three very different games, and to release those every couple of years, um... I think that's really interesting, and I'm I get a little bit disappointed when people who don't normally play Call of Duty 
kind of come forward and say, oh, <laughs> it's the same thing. COD's the same thing every year. Yeah, I love the nuances of it. I think that's what makes it such a cool esport to me and why I'm quite honestly so drawn to it is the, you know, I'm an I'm a esport fan in general. So the CSGOs um, are my, my coworker, uh, BZ, shout out Brady White. Um, he got me into Rainbow Six, you know, watching R6 is a cool esport. And there are differences in all these games, but what's interesting about a lot of those games is that uh, the game develops year to year in a way that's kind of bland. Um, you know, I think that what Call of Duty has going for it is that each year it does change. There's a new meta. There's consistently differences. Um, and one of my favorite years, I actually just was tweeting about it, but one of my favorite years of champs um, was last year for Black Ops 4. I was kind of a yeah. sucker for Black Ops 4 competitive. It was such a yeah. fun year for competitive. The storyline was cool. And, you know, having ops in there with specials and stuff like that is... It was interesting. It added storylines. So I think that, you know, we go to a year like this year where things are more rigid. The meta is pretty much two guns. Um, it's very mechanical. It's very cool, strategic 5v5. Um, you know, who knows what will happen in a year, and I think that is what makes it exciting. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, as At the time of recording, uh, we're recording here on July 28th. They have not announced the Call of Duty for 2020 yet. That's right. uh, there's been a lot of rumors a lot of kind of potential leaks about it. You know, nobody knows if they're right or not. Um, but it'll be really interesting to see what's going to happen because that, that jump from World War II to Black Ops 4 to Modern Warfare, it's, it's there's so many different gameplay elements in all of those. I mean, especially Black Ops 4 with the, with the operate, like with the operators mm-hmm. and, how you can choose those different players with different abilities, and it's uh, you know so much more of a kind of a team-based game. I'm a big fan of that type of thing, um, yeah. to the dismay of a lot of people. <laughs> but well, it, it adds, I think, I think that's what adds the legend factor. I think, uh, you know, again, I, I always keep I keep mentioning my background and everything, but I think about those types of things that what makes something long-term and having a legendary factor is you know what. It, is fascinating about it. another esport I'm a fan of is Apex, and you know I think yeah. of someone like a streamer like Ace, who um, he's like the most badass wraith that will ever play that game to me. Like, and now you know, who knows if there's better ones? But for that phase of time, um, he he was he he transcended the role of being wraith and was like he became that character, and I thought that was such a cool aspect of Apex Legends, um, which was similar to champs last year where you just remember someone who's really, really good at running so-and-so operator. It's kind of a cool way of, of establishing it in history. Yeah, absolutely. And it, I mean, it goes just with the, it calls back a little bit to those hero shooters, um, like Overwatch. Yep. Uh, or I guess Rainbow Six Siege having the, having kind of the same deal with the operators and, and you choose different ways or different players, which then you build your team around those players and mm-hmm. and specializing in a certain operator, specializing in a certain hero, like can get you a really long way. It's uh, cool, especially when you're playing in, with an organization with the team. It's a sweet, it's a sweet addition to a game because I think that what this year specifically for Modern Warfare has going for it is that it's very much. Um, it's the the fine tuning is so relatable to a traditional sport that I think it's it's uh it's an awesome way to introduce the league. Um, yes, 
if that makes sense. So, you know, like, yeah, for example, my, my girlfriend can watch Search and Destroy and, and understand it just because of the way it's played out. And, you know, same with Domination. It's so much of learning respawns and the coaching. You know, we talk about the route man gets paid. Uh, you know, the rocker guys talk about that all the time. It's, right. it's this thing that is an actual strategy. It's not just, um, guys running at each other and shooting each other. There's movements and, uh, um, a lot of objectives and, and literal strategies that go into every single second of a game. And that was something when, before I started watching the Call of Duty League and before, on it, I I went to my first Call of Duty, uh, or I, I should say my first esports event uh, this year, actually at the, and now I can't even think of the name of the venue. Oh, the Armory? My head. Yeah, at the Armory. Thank oh, awesome. You. And that's really cool. That's really cool. Yeah, and, well, yeah, and of course I met you there, and that was uh, yep. so much fun. Um, that weekend is one of those things that's just, it's going to stick out in my mind as one of those really, really great times that I had, and especially around video games, around esports, like, that really got me into it, and I really got <laughs> into Call of Duty in a way that I hadn't before. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas before, my wife is big into Call of Duty as well, like, it's her favorite game. She's way better at it than I am. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And it's one of her favorite things, it's one of her favorite games to play, and it's always just kind of been shoot, 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 and, like, get the kills up, work on the objectives secondly, at least for me. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> she plays a little more strategically. Uh, but then sitting down and actually watching what is happening and having you there, too, to kind of explain things or kind of, like, go through sure. things. I know um, I talked to Midnight um a little bit as well, uh, another person in the Rocker organization, uh, just about, you know, how how is me, somebody, somebody getting into esports, can understand this a little bit better, and she filled me in on some things, um, some strategies that are implemented by the teams, or just, you know, just some general, kind of those unspoken rules of, you know, rush spawn zone, mm-hmm. um, cover the, you know, uh, move on the hard point, get to that next point before that time, before that clock runs down on the, the one before it, um, it's all of those things that like really got me interested in it, and then got me playing Call of Duty in a completely different way when I sat down with my wife the next time. I think that's um, a cool way of putting it because you you learn the disparity between how tight all these players are and how little the skill gap truly is at that high of a level. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and it's crazy to see just like between matches or even between games, you know, um, it just how how the players can swing from one side to the other, where in the first round of domination, you know, Silly might go, he might just annihilate and spend a minute on the zones and just be incredible. Um, the next round of domination, he might not play as well, like just because that's that's the way it goes, and it's the map, and it's the it's one little tiny thing can give an edge to another player, or maybe he just didn't get that kill streak he was looking for. Like all those things just add up to so much um, and can really sway the games. It was, I mean, it's so dramatic to watch. It's so much fun. <laughs> I was going to say, do you remember, man, do you remember live events? Oh, those, yeah. those, those were lovely. <laughs> those were good times, man. Oh, I was, yeah, no, that, that's cool. I forgot about, well, it's cool to hear you say that um, launch event was your, because it was, it was one of the more prominent ones for me. It wasn't my first necessarily, obviously my first behind the scenes and everything, but um, it was, it was the coolest thing ever to see. Um, one of the things that stuck out to me the most was one of the coolest things was the dads and the moms and like the family members of 
you know, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 year olds, um, you know, there with their parents and to see them and like their eyes be like, what? Like, you know, and they explain, yes, this is for video games. Oh my God. Like this is for video games for one specific game, you know, Call of Duty and what? Like, you know, and it was just so fun to see these, these parents, these individuals, uh, with their kids learning, um, about something that we get super passionate about. And I think, you know, for, for our generation, it was kind of like a hidden thing. You know, you, we all loved it. We all played it, but it was kind of, you know, basement nerdy still. And now it's, it's fun. It's cool. It's mainstream. Um, it's never been larger and it's only growing. You know, you look at Twitch and these different streaming platforms as well. It's just, uh, it's fascinating to see where it's going. The trajectory of it's, it's really cool. Yeah. And it's, it's one of those things that, I mean, like you're saying, like it was hidden for so long and you, I don't want to blame Twitch, you know, for doing this, but it, it Twitch kept us inside a lot of the time, you know, right. and right. like, cause it wasn't, they weren't these big live events and, and, I mean, they were, but they were all a thousand miles away, especially for us in Minnesota. Like we, yes. mm-hmm. like I'm not going to fly out to LA to see a team from LA play another team from LA, you know, <laughs> like it was you know, what we love is how people love to drive from Iowa, from Wisconsin, even Chicago to here. It's, it's cool Absolutely. to see that flip. Um, cause I completely agree. That's what I was going to say too, is the distance factor was huge. You hear, you know, even Silly's dad in that video talk about how he used to just drive him to places and get in a hotel and uh, yeah. hope for the best. Like, uh, it's crazy now. And I'm I'm so glad that it's it's organized the way it is. It's organized by city. Um, so cities have people to root for. Uh, at least like Chicago, uh, Toronto, uh, Minnesota. I mean, LA's got. Two teams, so I guess whatever. <laughs> but um, for for all of us in these these states or these cities with single teams, like it, it, I, I love it. I mean, I love having a team to root for. I love having like it makes me feel that same pride that I feel for the Vikings and the Timberwolves and the Wild uh, the same way. And I I love that I can do that with um, an esport. That's that's so much fun to me. That's awesome. Yeah, I love it too. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so let's go back to your gaming history even more. I want to dive down deeper with you. I want to talk about the first game you ever played. I was thinking, I honestly was thinking pretty deep on this, and I think it's the the straight up, like, you know, Tetris or, or something, Snake on my phone, you know, the Motorola flip brick type thing but yeah yeah you know it's it has to be something like that but i still go back to um in my own mind i think spyro i think crash bandicoot um you know midtown madness on my computer age of empires uh yeah on like our family computer those are the ones that stick (laughs) out where i don't even know what we were doing but we would just play them for hours we would just play them forever yeah god that's and that's a really diverse set of games right there. I mean, Age of Empires, you're talking RTS. Yeah. <laughs> Crash, you're talking the platformer. Spyro, you're talking Collectathon. Like, it's, that's all over the place. I saw, we, my little brother and I were just talking about Spyro the other day. Um, cause I actually asked him what he thought of was one of the first games we ever played together. I was hoping to get him a good present. Um, you know, a memorable oh, nice. thing from whatever we were playing. Yeah. And he, he said Spyro, but he also said, uh, 
um, I don't know if you know if it's James Bond or 007. I think it's 007, but it, uh, Nightfall or Night Nightfire, something like that. Yeah. Do you remember that? that game? A, oh my God! Yes, and th- they made a big deal about it because it was. A, and I I think about this game like more often than I should. <laughs> um, I never played it, but it was a game where they made a big deal about it because you could go. You could do missions one of two ways. You could go in kind of guns blazing, blazing, or you could go in kind of stealthy. Yeah, and I remember that was one of the first games to do that. We would go to Mister Movies down the street from our place and rent that game like week after week after week after week. It was it was at that point we should have just bought it, but I remember playing that game rented from basically like our local small town blockbuster, uh, and we rented all the time and play that game. But that those are the that feels like a first game that I actually have good, vivid memories of playing. All right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so random. <laughs> and that was on the PlayStation, right? Yeah, OG. It had to have been OG, I think. Both of yeah. anything or anything would be Xbox or PS. Um, we did have, we were lucky to have both, but that was only because we kind of tricked our dad into buying the PlayStation because we knew Uncle Bob would get us. Uncle Bob was his name, the one that worked at Microsoft. So nice, nice. It's, yeah, it's even it's even more generic than just the guy that works at Microsoft. It's an Uncle Bob that works at Microsoft. Um, <laughs> he he would get us an Xbox or whatever was new for the year. So we had our bases covered. That's uh, that's to say the least. Nice. Well, that's that. I mean, that's really great. It's it, it, uh, it's just so great to hear like. I mean, you have all these opportunities with games, and, like, that's that's awesome. Especially playing on the two different platforms at the time, like, Xbox being a newcomer uh, to it, and uh, Nintendo just starting to fall behind in the race. Uh, yeah, we were never, time. we never had the, the Segas or anything like that, which is kind of ironic. We didn't have, I wonder how, let's, let's see, do you know when the PlayStation came out? Uh, I want to say 95. Because I'm going to date myself here. Like, let's see. It might not be, though. I don't know. What I was going to say is that whenever it came out, we were... Yeah, it was. It looks like it was 94. Um, yep. I remember someone had it on the bus, so I would have been like 5, 6, whatever that was, 6-ish, 7, I don't know. When do you first ride a bus? 7, 8? <laughs> like, first, second yeah. grade? Yeah, maybe six, seven, yeah. Something like that. And so I remember he had the cool one that I'm pretty sure had a screen on it. Does that ring a bell? Yeah, so the the original PlayStation, you could get a screen that would, like, fit over the disc part. And yeah. it would just kind of plug into the back, and you could, like, flip it up and then play it, I guess, remotely. I mean, you still need to plug it in, but, like... I don't think he... Yeah, exactly. I don't think he could play it, like, on the bus. But I remember him having it, which is a weird memory obviously but um so anyways we would have had to been like yeah eight or nine when we first got a playstation but yeah we never were really really young playing mario or anything like that like my family was playstation or xbox pretty much right when we could actually play games (laughs) halfway decent yeah i think that's also like a good time to be introduced to games just because you know your your brain is thinking and you're a little more competent and your hand-eye coordination is a little bit better than when you're you know, four or three. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, it's funny that it has always been in my... Honestly, it's almost always been in my life. Like, video games have been around. Like, I always get obsessed with games when they would come out. And uh, it wasn't until recently that I got into it as a as a job, too, you know. So it's funny that right. 
you know, something that you can be so passionate about can end up as a, a job too. But um, like I was saying earlier, it's it's interesting to see it come so mainstream, so resoundingly as of late. It's it's pretty exciting. Um, I've got a question kind of involving that. Do you ever look at your parents? And say, see, all this time was all this time playing games was worth something. <laughs> Honestly, not <laughs> not really, because I get what they were For doing sure. back in the day. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely had the like timer. You know, I remember that. Uh, yep. Get home from school, it would be a timer. For, I don't know what it was. Thirty minutes. Who knows? Maybe an hour or whatever. And when that went off, I was it was homework time or or vice versa. Um. So I don't think it was ever necessarily that, but at like pretty much fresh out of college, I got into when I got into marketing originally, I was working with pretty startup y industries right away. Um things like uh I worked in California for a bit with a bunch of cannabis industries. I worked for a bit with um tattoo parlors and like three D printing and VR and like these weird, you know, fringe kind of industries that oh, when yeah. I moved into esports they were like that's like the most solid of all of them so it's, it's oh, like, okay <laughs> yeah it's, it's like ironic that it came full circle but um no I mean honestly not really and I think they they always got it and I also was decent at them you know they kind of liked watching me before twitch was a thing Cameron my little brother um and they they wouldn't mind watching me play which is kind of a, a funny tidbit yeah that's great I th- I think that's really great, and it, it's it's so nice to have like uh, you got the supportive parents that support system there, and especially like when they watch when they like watching you play games, like that's that's so much fun. Yeah, it's so crucial. I mean, if you don't have that basic support, like to be abrasive to something that's as we now know as harmless as video games, besides the you know possible lower factors of like loot boxes or gambling or you know stuff like that that's way over sure. legally anyways um yeah yeah it's a it's a fruitful thing man it's straight it's strategy it's like you were talking about with call of duty like it, it's so fun to hop on with your boys and like go all out strategizing in Warzone and try to get some right. jobs there's no funner way as washed up you know late 20 30 year olds here um to get a little bit of gas going yeah god i I've got a feeling I know the answer, but um, I just asked what your first game has ever played with, but first game you ever played. What was the last game that you played? Well, actually, today I literally just played my first couple games of Valorant, so I will be all oh, in. Oh, okay. Yep, but uh, Warzone, obviously. I'm, I'm crushing Warzone right now. Um, but yeah, Valorant, technically, with my my uh, little PC setup here, I've been trying to hopefully get into Valorant, because I think it's a game I would like. I'm excited about trying it. Yeah, so that's another first-person shooter. Is that correct? Yeah. Have you have you heard of it? Tried it? I've heard of it. I haven't tried it because I don't have a PC. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, it's very say- CSGO-y. <laughs> very CSGO-y. Okay. Uh, are there heroes or operators in that? Yeah, there are ops. Uh, it's similar to if you combined, like, Apex, CSGO, yep. and... Um, honestly, like those two, pretty much explains it. Like the the operators have a few different ultimates and passives. Um, there's maps. You oh, and Call of Duty, I guess, because you have to plant a spike, you have to plant a bomb. Um, okay. Similar to Search and Destroy. So it's a really cool game, though. I'm, I hate there's there's a certain anxiety I get about not being good at a game. <laughs> Very stressful to me. That yeah. uh, as a guy who's good at games, I'm like I don't even want to start a game that I'm not good at. I'd rather play Warzone, right? Um, 
it's a super fun game to start out with, and it's very, very team-based. So I'm having a lot of fun with it right now. That's awesome. That's awesome. I've heard it's difficult. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it can be frustrating. It's kind of like golf. You just you, you can't – you're like, I'm, I'm clicking heads, man. I'm clicking on heads. I don't get it. I got to learn. But then you play the next round, and you're all excited, and you clutch up. Or It's crazy how fun it is. Awesome. Awesome. I'm excited to hear more about it as it comes out. I'm surprised at how kind of little little it was marketed. Um but I think a lot of that has to do just again with how much like people are on Twitch and I'm not I'm not on Twitch that much. So right. Yeah, it's all relative. <laughs> I, mean, I didn't see very much of it. Yeah. It's all where you see it. Awesome. Awesome. Um so where did I mean, talk about your first games, and again, you mentioned kind of a wide variety. The RTS with the Age of Empires, the platformer with the Crash, and Collected Down with Spyro. Um, what brought you from that to first-person shooters? I think the strategy of it, um, like I was just mentioning, to be honest, the like sports, the games that I really stuck with were NHL for me and FIFA, which, if you think about it, are kind of you can get really, really good at them. You don't need to be... Madden's always kind of a level or a playing field. NBA seems to be a level or a playing field. I think that what brought me to first-person shooters was, like, it's literally me against someone else, or a lot of times me against, you know, technically another team. Um, and I I find excitement in that, and I definitely find, like, my competitive side comes out a lot, lot, lot more in a first-person shooter where it's just so much, you know, cooler. It's so much more raw. It's like a badass thing that we can do again as we we get older here and want to strategize and have a fire for uh for some competition yeah it absolutely does go back to that kind of direct competition and that <laughs> yeah like i, I mean, say it's, it's not at all like uh you know being in high school and football and gym class and things like that but it kind of is you know it's just a bit of a carnal feeling that we want to compete with each other you know even my girlfriend loves yeah hopping on and trying to play and uh she always asks how she can play me and i'm like well we only have one <laughs> setup and she's like well get another one i'm like okay so eventually we'll <laughs> but it's, it's fun man it's it's i think how it should be it's it's good competition absolutely absolutely i'm i'm regularly sitting here just really contemplating getting and I get, I mean, with Modern Warfare, it's crossplay, right? So this gives me an excuse to buy a PlayStation and like right. <laughs> get that game, and then have those two different setups going, so my wife and I can play Warzone together. That's the key. That would be fun. Yeah. That's that's the one bummer. Well, I shouldn't say it's a bummer because um, Black Ops Four, the blackout mode was split screen. You could do split screen, but man, was it difficult <laughs> yeah that's what i was trying to explain is like that used to be such a normal thing like again my little brother halo was we just used to run warthogs at each other on blood gulch for yeah. days like nights <laughs> mountain dew nights of just running yeah. each other but yeah it's funny man it's funny that that's how we get to places that's how we get to where we are in games and i actually really enjoy halo and i think i'm gonna i i've mentioned my pc thing but i'm gonna give it a shot on pc when uh when all that comes out i'm pretty excited for for the pc side of that yeah and i mean i it's gonna look great on pc i'm sure i'm i'm super excited for it uh i'll probably play it on game pass uh i don't know if i'm gonna get a series x day one quite yet mm-hmm. um just because 
They haven't announced any. Or well, they I haven't made it clear. I know. That Series X is going to have exclusive games, which is weird. But then that makes me think, like, well, I'll just get Game Pass, play it on my Xbox One, or play it on my phone, and yeah. then get a PS5. Like, save my money a little bit, and, like, save up again for that Series X a little bit later. Maybe a year uh, down the line. Exactly. Yeah, that's how I feel with a lot of systems. Especially, like, I really, really have. My buddies have gotten into it, which has been exciting. My college buddies, you know, who we didn't necessarily play. I was, like, the only kid who played in college still. Mm -hmm. Like, I'd play Call of Duty a bit still, and NHL we'd all play. But first-person shooters stuck with me. And uh, since the quarantine and everything, they got into Warzone pretty heavy. Um, And I was explaining to them just basic, not investing on yourself, but, you know, they're rocking the over the one over ear headphone thing you know the, the right right yeah the yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah i'm like they thought that was what because they didn't want to be like nerds they didn't want to have the over ears because that's what you know gamers have and i'm i'm sitting here with like Whoa. my monitor and my <laughs> my pc and <laughs> you know they're they're in their kitchen you know they're um they're on their living room with their coffee table and it's just a different world so to see my buddies like start to take time to quote unquote invest in themselves you know investing in if you're going to play an Xbox every night, man, like how much money would you devote to that, that it would be worth buying an Xbox right off the bat? Like I think about that so much more than, um, you know, what it costs up front, how much it, it's going to be long term. And I just get excited about that stuff because I cannot wait for the next gen of consoles. I think it's going to bring a whole new wave of gamers, whole new wave of streaming. Like it's going to be a crazy boom, another influx of exciting esport and gaming items. It's going to be really cool. Hold on one second, Dylan. Yeah, of course. Sorry, my wife just called. <laughs> that's, in, that's important. <laughs> so my editing skills will be involved in this video. Yeah. <laughs> this I honestly remember, <laughs> I think you said Xbox, right? Like, I, the Xbox yeah. editing system, the way that they can trim and download clips is so much smoother than um i maybe i just don't know i had to move to playstation because my xbox took a crap at the start of quarantine and it's so much better to edit clips on my ps uh my playstation it's it's much harder than xbox hmm i'll have to try that out because interesting again i'm trying to figure this whole podcast thing out just kind of doing it on my own and without a pc we'll see how it goes um yeah we'll see (laughs) <laughs> when this episode goes up, you'll know. Was it cut good? Wasn't it good? Did I cut Dylan off mid-sentence? God, I hope not. <laughs> I've had people tell me that it's usually just me laughing. Like, I'm always laughing about something. So if you can find a laugh and seamlessly cut it to another laugh, you should be you should be just fine. I mean, that's true. And you, you've got a great laugh, just so you know. <laughs> easy, easy peasy, man. Easy peasy. For sure. Uh, you mentioned it a little bit. Do you have a preferred system that you play on? Man, not at all. I'm going to be honest. Um, I, I said my Xbox, so I truly have always been Xbox. Um, and when – I don't know what happened with it. It was bizarre. I just all of a sudden couldn't really get to hook up to my Wi-Fi. Um, I wasn't hardwiring, oh, so no. that, that could have been the issue, but it just kept disconnecting me from my network. So I actually sort of fixed it up a little bit, and I sent it to one of my buddies that didn't have a console. So he's able to now play uh, Warzone with us. But, um, oh, now that's that I, so nice of you. Yeah, it was awesome. He's pumped. He's been, he's actually pretty good. He's pretty good with the, uh, the foul, um, in Warzone. So he's been nasty with it. But we, uh, I, I would say now, 
I loved PlayStation, or I love PlayStation, honestly, um, which is kind of ironic because I've been such an Xbox sucker forever. Uh, don't tell my uncle that, but I also yeah. am hard, <laughs> hardcore, and uh, I'm going to be pretty all-in with PC. I'm having a surprising amount of fun learning WASD movement, mouse and keyboard, like... It's a new challenge to me, and I mentioned how I'm pretty competitive about that stuff. And it seems like mouse yeah. keyboard is obviously master race, right? So I gotta, I gotta learn my stuff. For sure. Have you have you been playing Warzone on PC primarily, or has it been primarily with the controller on? No, PS5? only on only on uh, on console with the controller. Um, yep. I have yep. tried. So what I did was I migrated my Xbox Activision over to my PC. Um, okay. So I have free KD to play with. I have brand new everything like, um, I'll give it a shot, but it's, it's super intimidating to me, but man, oh man, I, I love that you can edit so many settings on PC. Like my field of view is so much better. Everything seems so much smoother. I might have to do it, uh, controller on PC and, and piss a bunch of people off. I actually, I don't know. Are people mad about that still? Is that okay to do controller on PC? I mean, I think with cross platform games, I think it's fine. Um, the, the little bit of auto, I don't know, personally, I, I hate the, the aim assist that comes up, especially, um, in the Call of Duty is World War II was, it was really, really bad, um, where that aim assist comes up and then I'm not planning on using it Mm -hmm. and then it'll just like glitch my cursor ever so slightly to the left as somebody runs by and it's just... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's pound to Xbox type of thing or pound to PC type of thing. Yeah, what's or excuse yeah. me, your PlayStation thing. But what's annoying, I think, about it too is that you can't not have it either, especially on con- on console. So it's a hard in between of like right. you can't be you know pretending like it's a PC when it's a console and you need that aim assist. But at the same time, if it's if there's a guy, I always think of when you're shooting a guy and a guy runs by or um cuts off between your line of sight and it drags just that tiny bit exactly you're like, you're like damn it <laughs> damn it exactly and it, it's the worst <laughs> just a heartbreaker <laughs> you're just about ready to pull that trigger you're squeezing that trigger back and then break <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so worst okay um awesome what uh, so you're playing on the ps5 a little bit um do you play any PS4. of those PS5? Ex- oh, I'm sorry, PS4. Someday, why, why did I take? I'll be I'm, I'm just in there. <laughs> I'm thinking of the future. <laughs> uh, you're playing on PS4. Um, what are some of your favorite PS4 exclusives? Because I mean, I know, they've been fantastic this generation. Um, yeah, I mean, I just want to hear that from you. Last of Us and Spider Man. I mean, it's they okay. crushed it. Like I am such. A, that's what I always tell my buddies when. Because yes, I think a lot of the first person shooters, especially cross platform, like are super interchangeable. I could be good on Xbox, I can be good on PC, I can be good on PlayStation, like, let's be real. But, when it comes to the, exclus- the exclusives, like, um, playing Last of Us, I've played it through twice, and i watched it, like, a million times. I love to watch uh, Let's Plays. So, before Last of Us 2 came out, which I have not played, ironically, um, I know, you can't come out with a game when I'm in the middle of a Warzone content, just loving it. For so. sure, for sure. I'll play it. I'll I'll save it though for a truly rainy weekend and just crush it. But um, I loved Last of Us, and I honestly really really liked Spider Man. I had so much fun with that game. Um, it was a blast to play, and I highly recommend it to people, especially if like they're new on a console or just looking to get back into gaming. Or like I joke with my buddies, um, if their girlfriends, wives, or fiancés don't want them gaming, like mix in a story game like that that they can sit yeah. next to you and watch. Um, yeah. 
it's like a movie. So I really enjoyed those two, and those exclusives specifically are definitely some of my favorites. That's awesome. I mean, that's I love story games. I don't have a PlayStation. And <laughs> it, it, kill, it kills me a little bit because I'm like, oh my god, there's The Last of Us, there's Spider Man, there's Ghost god of Tsushima War right now. Yeah, yeah Ghost. God of I'm gonna War. Ghost give me my other download tonight probably. Like, well, that was what honestly got me to get a PS4. Man, is that it was like 200 bucks or maybe even 150 on Black Friday, and it came with Last of Us, God of War, and Spider Man. So yeah, that deal was so good. I can't <laughs> I'm a sucker like, for those console Black Friday deals. Like they they can get me every year. Oh my god. And I'm excited to see what this Black Friday has and granted like we're probably going to only going to see the newer consoles, but I wonder if any of those older consoles would be there cuz 100%. Yeah. If for it. what if for whatever reason, if a PS5 if the PS5 ends up being like $700, um it's probably not something I'm going to buy day one. Yeah. But I agree. If at that point like if they're selling PS4s for a hundred bucks with, you know, Spider Man, God of War, Ghost of Tsushima, and The Last of Us Part Two, like hell yeah, I'm gonna buy that. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. Like they do such a good job of of pulling that, and I think that I think they will do that, knowing how specifically Sony, let's say, is, and knowing that they're okay to take, and so is Xbox, quite honestly. But I know Sony has reportedly done this in the past, where they will take a loss for. Years on end, you know, possibly year, two right, years, right. just to to move product. Um, and I think that they would do that with PS4s. And I think that if the PS5 was, um, I think you were saying it earlier, but we don't really know price ranges yet. We don't really know. Yeah. I guess we know a lot of specs, but if they want it to be comparable to a computer, then it's going to be six, seven, eight hundred dollars, right? But at least I think we're going to see something exciting where it's going to be cheaper than we expected. And I think that what they're doing right now by creating a buzz of it being expensive is just going to be more enticing when, you know, it's only hopefully watch me eat my words later, but watch it be, you know, 550 bucks, 500 bucks, um, which would be more in a lot of our wheelhouses, right? Like, let's be real. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) I am excited a little bit that they haven't announced like a pro version yet for the PS five. Cause that means there's just that one base level console Everybody getting everybody out on the same playing field, I think, is great. Um, as far as the tech goes, as far as the graphics go, and that sort of thing, um, I, I, I'm really excited for the next generation. Um, well, I guess with PlayStation, with Xbox, I'm excited about it. But with all of Game Pass coming to XCloud and mobile devices this fall, I'm, I'm really just kind of debating about like, do I really need that new box? Yeah. Right now. Yeah, right. <laughs> the hardest question. Yeah. Yeah. Always the I hardest mean, it's, question. It's going to be this thing we're going to. I could just keep talking in circles and circles about it, just debating back and forth of like Xbox or PlayStation. I'm like, well, I'd like both. And I probably could do both if I just bought a PS5, according to what Microsoft is saying. So I might just do that. I don't know. <laughs> You're talking through your game plan already. Yeah. I, 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 I think about it way too much. <laughs> Attaboy. Attaboy. I also think like if I need to, what second job am I going to get to be on the paper? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I did tell my wife I was like, be prepared for like a thousand dollars to come out of our account in in October or November. Yeah, just look uh, you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, if you had to make a dream game, Dylan, what would your dream game be? Forget the tech. Forget you know what's possible. 
what what would the perfect video game for you as a player look like? I'm going to be – I can't remember who I was talking about this with the other day. Um, and I actually didn't see this question. I'm excited about this question because <laughs> we were just talking about the movie Gamer. Do you remember that movie? With Gerard no. Butler. Um, oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> we, okay. I don't know why this is Gerard Butler, and I absolutely, know, I absolutely know what you're talking about. So weird that this has come up twice, but I think <laughs> this is, and I think that we're close to that, so it's not like that far-fetched of an idea, but mm-hmm. that movie was so cool, and it seemed like such a cool thing. Um, I always think about that as, like, what would be badass, especially because it'd be so cool to truly control, like, be in control of everything physically, you know, yeah. we joke about in Warzone how you can't mantle up rocks, like, you know, to actually be able to mantle up things or whatever it might right, be. Uh, right. I think about that. Um, that would be really cool. Uh, I also think this is upcoming game, but I think Cyberpunk is going to be wild, and I think it's going to be right Ooh. in a lot of our wheelhouses for what a perfect type of game is. You know, Grand Theft yeah. Auto, futuristic-y, Red Dead Redemption-y. Um, I love that type of game and anything I can get lost in and like truly obsess over into like early hours of the night. Mm -hmm. I'm super into that. Okay. Now I for sure need to go into next gen right away because I totally forgot about cyberpunk when we were having that conversation. (laughs) I know. I know. know. Oh my God. That game looks amazing. (laughs) The way they're rolling it out is so, uh, it's impressive. It's going to be, I mean, unless it sucks, but like I, it can't, (laughs) it can't like, you can't just have it be so sick sounding and so elusive, and yet, you know, in front of all of our radars, it's going to be super damn cool. Yeah, and they're, it's from the makers of The Witcher 3, and The Witcher 3 was awesome. So, it's got to be good. It's, it's got to be, be good. We're sticking with it, man. We're sticking with it. Yeah. It can't be like that Death Stranding thing where we were all like, oh, man, what is this going to be? It's either going to be good or it's going to be bad. Then it turns out, like, eh, it's not that great. <laughs> yeah, running around with shit on our back and yeah, got it. Uh, Just falling down the hill. Yeah. Tough. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah. It's tough, but it doesn't really need to be that tough. They just made it tough. <laughs> exactly. That's so true. <laughs> um, we talked about it a little bit, uh, but what are you looking forward to in the future of gaming? Oh, man. I, yeah, we did talk about it a little bit. I think what I always go back to is just the the normalcy of it. You know, I just, uh, I love when my buddies tune into, well, let's, you know, let's go through the full cycle. I love how I get a job in esports. My friend are intrigued by it. I get to tell them a bit more, you know, a bit more about it. They check out the event. Um, the event, you know, they learn a bit about comp. Then they get into Warzone during the quarantine. And, like, now they're watching... CDL online on the weekends on YouTube, you know, checking out the full bit. So I love the process. I love the life cycle. I love how competitive things can be from home, you know, whether hopefully land is a thing very soon again, but I just love how interactive this community can be and how much, you know, you and I talking right now, like the growth of this community, the expansion of the industry is just something I always think about. Um, and I truly take a lot of pride in. I hope that someday I can look back and be like, I was a part of, you know, growing esports, growing professional gaming, growing video games as a whole um, in the Midwest, you know, in Minnesota. And I uh, I take a lot of pride in that. Yeah, it, it's definitely, I mean, at least from the way I see it, and I, the silver lining of all this quarantine stuff and this horrible virus is killing thousands of people the silver lining of it is man there's a lot of great content out there and video games and esports 
particularly the Call of Duty League and the way it's happening right now is like that it's so great. It's right. so great to have that to have that content there and to to be able to feel like a part of a community um when all of the sports are gone, esports are there and esports are something that's holding us together and keeping us together as as fans and as people in Minnesota, um people, you know, around the world who are fans of these teams. It's I can't give enough credit to to you and the esports community as a whole and the esports industry as a whole too for being that with people right now. <laughs> well and to you. I mean and to you guys. I mean the podcasting and, and you doing what you're doing is uh it's what it's all about, man. We're having fun with it and that's the key. Um and we'll just keep playing games, right? That's that's what we're all doing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we gotta keep doing it. <laughs> that's right. Well Dylan, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. I, I love talking to you. This has been so much fun for me. I'm I'm glad to get to know you better. I'm glad we had the conversations we did. I'm glad to rant about things with you. <laughs> yeah, um, it's 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 really been a really nice chat with you, and I want to thank you just so much for coming on. Uh, if people wanted to find you, if people had any questions for you about your gaming history or your life or your career or whatever, uh, how would they be able to reach you? Uh, Twitter, always Twitter, right? At Dylan Pomeroy, um, at D-I-L-L-O-N Pomeroy. Um, or LinkedIn or whatever else, but I'm Twitter is my go-to, and uh, I know we all catch up there. So, uh, thanks again for having me on, too, man. It's a pleasure, and like you said, it's uh, it's awesome to go from launch weekend chatting there to you know chatting on a podcast with you now. It's uh, what a what a world, man. What a time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Again, I'm I'm so happy. I'm so happy to have met you. I'm so happy to, that you're a part of my life. Yeah, <laughs> we don't get a chance it. to we don't get a chance to catch up very often. Of course, we're both very busy, but. Um, it's really good to sit down with you and talk to you here. Always, my man. Until next time. Yeah. Until next time, for sure. Uh, listeners, you have been listening to Extra Gamepad. You can follow us on Twitter at Extra Gamepad. You can follow us on Instagram at Extra Gamepad. Uh, if you've got any questions for me or for Dylan or just in general, you can reach us at extragamepad at gmail.com. Uh, go ahead, send us, you know, any, if you've got any questions for upcoming guests, if you've got any suggestions for upcoming guests, go ahead and just drop me a line and we'll make sure to squeeze them in there. Uh, Dylan, for the last time, <laughs> thank you very much. Um, thanks for coming on Extra Gamepad and to all of your listeners out there. Thanks so much for listening and happy gaming. Bye.